Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's program. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. And you heard the number, 303-690-3000, That's in the 303 area code. And we have a dedicated texting line. Uh, that is 720-336-0897. That's for texting only. And it's always good to text if you're in a safe place because uh, we can take those calls. You know, if if the calls coming in are a little bit slower, then we can start answering questions from our text line and praying for people. Please forgive us if we don't get back to you if you text. You just have to try tomorrow. Uh, as the Lord leads, and just so uh, grateful to uh, be on the air with you today. 303-690-3000. Welcome everyone listening on the Hope FM radio network, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, you guys on the Truth FM radio network, Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky. Just have one of our staff members move into Tennessee. I'm not sure if it's going to cover where they're moving, but that's kind of cool. Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky. Welcome you guys on Truth FM. Remember, if you're listening on Truth or Hope FM Network or another station other than the Grace FM radio network, you're hearing this program one week delayed. What that means is is we're taking your calls and questions live, so you can call right now and get on the air live. Everyone on Grace FM from Wyoming to south of Colorado Springs will hear the program live, and so will you on the phone but the radio, Hope FM, Truth FM, will not air it for another week. So it's just a one-week delay. Uh, and so we are uh, taking your calls, and the lines are wide open. You guys know the show. Uh, the lines are wide open in the beginning, and then they fill up very, very rapidly. So give me a call, 303 Um Let's see. Text question. Sorry if you answered already. Will the battle between Michael and Lucifer be a physical battle? There will be some kind of interaction between the two of them. And so as spirit beings, yes, there will be, I believe, some kind of physical altercation between them. Uh, It is also spiritual in nature as God takes and battles and gives victory over over the devil um but uh i'm trying to think of what passage you're referring to um there has already been a battle where satan is cast out of heaven if that's the one that you're talking about in past tense um why don't you text me the verse okay 303-690-3000 lines are wide open but we are uh seeing the phones light up so let's go to line one ryan's calling from lakewood colorado ryan welcome to the program 
Hey, Ryan, you're on the air. If you could turn your radio down, that'd be great. Hey, how are you? Hey, good, man. What's up? Um, just wanted to ask for a prayer request. Okay. Yeah, we're uh, we're expecting our second child here coming up in about 12 days or so. So just praying that he's with my wife and our little guy and you know, it's a healthy delivery. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, I'm going to be decided to stop you know, drinking for a while as well. So just want some prayer and strength in, in doing that as well. Focusing more on right. reading the Word than, you know, It's a good a idea to stop drinking. Do you drink, do you yep. get drunk? Is when you say stop drinking, is it like a? Are you getting drunk all the time? No, just drinking, you know, in the evenings and stuff, and just just don't need to drink anymore. You know, I think it's wise. You know, I think it's a good example for your kids. I think it's a good example for your wife. I think giving it up uh, is, even though the Bible does not prohibit taking a drink of wine or or alcohol, uh, it does encourage its it's wise to stay away from it. Uh, so yep. we always want to walk in wisdom. And I think you, you know, you, it would be a big step for your, for your kids to see an example of a sober dad. I think it's a great decision. So let's pray. All right. Father, I pray for Ryan as he raises his family in your way and just wants to give up uh, his drinking in order to, to spend some more quality focused time in your word and thinking and meditating upon you, Lord, and serving his family. And we do pray for his precious wife and that baby that's 12 days um, already alive, fully alive, uh, fully ready to, to be delivered, but 12 days to till the, till the delivery date. And we, we pray that it would, be, um, it would be a safe delivery, God. We know that um, even though it is routine, we always want to put something, even routine things, into your hands, trust you with the outcome. And we look forward, God, of all the last nine months, almost nine months of learning about that little baby growing in the womb, and now the days days arrived here very soon where we'll get to meet him, and we'll get to see him outside of the womb, his hands, his feet, his toes, his you know his nose, his eyes, and everything about him, Lord. So uh, bless my my brother Ryan. Um, let this let this new baby and this new commitment uh, do something totally radically different in his life that he's never experienced. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, bro. Hey, you know what? I've been sober 20, uh, 27 years, man. It's possible. Nice. Yep. All right. Thank God you. God bless you, man. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Right. 303-690-3000 is the number, and I do think that Ryan's advice is, I mean, Ryan's commitment is a good commitment. Uh, it is a solid commitment, especially for those of you that have children, because, you know, oftentimes, because the Bible does permit it, doesn't forbid it as a sin to take a drink of alcohol. You know, the problem with that is you never know when it starts to impair you, right? We think drunkenness is a, is maybe somebody that is homeless or doesn't know how to control themselves. But what exactly is drunkenness? Uh, is it a little bit impaired is it a little, little bit impaired? I mean, what is it exactly? And how would you know and be able to answer to the Lord? But setting that aside, especially for those of you that have children, um, I, I talk to a lot of people about this. You know, people like to argue about it, but well, for what purpose? What's a, what, Why would you want to argue about it? Um, I'm not dictating anything to your life. I'm just simply um, speaking forth a biblical opinion. And 
Um, you know, while the Bible doesn't uh, expressly prohibit drinking, it definitely does speak a prohibition of being under the influence of a substance other than being under the influence of a whole, of the Holy Spirit. So, um, and and our you know culturally, um, we live in a culture that um, most people don't know how to control their drinking, and it leads to all kinds of debauchery and all kinds of sin. So. Um, even though you know you might be listening, oh, oh well, I just have a beer here now and then. Why? Oh, I like the taste. They make beer without alcohol. Yeah, but it's not just the taste, is it? It's the feeling. Um, but saying, letting all that aside, if you have children, uh, and and you know you and I were talking about this, I would ask you, which one of your children has a problem with alcohol? And you go, oh, I can't believe you'd ask that. My kids are still young. Yeah, but man, they're watching you as an example. You know, you, they're watching you puff the cigar. They're watching you take the whiskey shot. They're watching you. And they're going to learn from your example. And so which one of your kids can't handle alcohol? Because in my family, in my family, I was the kid that could not handle alcohol. And fortunately, my parents did not have to live with this burden of guilt because they didn't drink. I mean, my dad did very early on in our life, but when I got older, he stopped, and and I didn't drink, I didn't steal my my family's alcohol because there wasn't any in the house, and you know my parents could speak to me with a level of authority into my life when they said, um, you know, they didn't call me Ed, but they called me Jamie. Uh, they said, "Stop drinking, you. It's bad for you. It's going to ruin your life," and I I didn't have to turn around, and go, oh, "You guys, you bunch of hypocrites, you drink." Um, no, they they lived by example. And so Ryan's making a good choice. We should stay we should we should try to stay away as far as we can from sin, not as close as we can without sinning. You know what I mean? 303-690-3000. Ashley's on line two. Ashley, welcome to the program. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, what's up? Um, well I'm just calling in for a friend of mine. He seems to have lost his faith. Um, I know that he used to be very devout, just as my mother was, and I'm hoping that, you know, he can come back around, figure out his journey, you know, hold hands with God in Christ again, and, you know, be okay in his next move. Um, you know, he is a very influential, very important figure to a lot of people, and, you know, right now he seems very, very lost, and it's affecting a lot of people, and I just hope that he can, you know, come back around and, and find his faith and, you know, be strong, give up some bad habits and a little bit of pride you know he has never lived um modestly he's always been very blessed and has worked very hard but seems to you know just have uh the wrong influences i believe uh affecting him right now what did you want to start the prayer oh no i would love for you to do if you don't mind (laughs) i don't mind at all uh what's the first initial um it's an a God, we just pray for this young man. Uh, you know his name, and uh, we just call him A because for some reason the world has captured him. I'm reminded of um, the warning you gave to us, Jesus, that uh, we, we need to be, be really uh, weary of the cares and concerns of life and uh, how easily they can take us away from a strong um, relationship with you. Um, I think about even in relation to this young man that may not have had faith to begin with at all, when you said that the ones that fell on the thorns are those who have, when they heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and they bring no fruit to maturity. 
So whether it's a backslidden guy or you know, a, a guy that needs to be born again for the very first time, uh, we pray for him because we don't know his heart. And we just ask you, not only would he return to faith, but he would return or come for the very first time that obviously he has expressed some kind of spiritual life, God, but you know him better than we do. And whether he was one of those guys that was just kind of dabbling or a born-again backslider, we ask for him to come back. And we ask for you to bring great conviction upon his heart and to not allow him to be okay uh, with the sinful lifestyle that he's chosen uh, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very, very much. (laughs) You're welcome. Thanks for calling, Ashley. Bye-bye. Absolutely. 303-690-3000. Uh, is the number. Let, let me take a, qu- a quick question from texting. It says, hey, Pastor Ed, my husband and I recently heard a sermon on Grace FM where you stated that when we sin, we're breaking God's heart, and that realization breaks our heart. How do we make amends? Uh, I believe what's on the radio right now is a Bible study that we did a few years ago in the book of First Samuel. And we were studying in depth Psalm 51, which is the psalm of repentance. And any time we have sinned and the realization of that sin is upon us, the way out, how do we make amends? We make amends by repenting and obeying. You know, unfortunately, I mean, I should say fortunately, God's relationship with us is not based on our performance. So he loves us if we fail, and he loves us if we seem to succeed, because every success in our lives is from the power of God to begin with. And when we fail, he is tender and compassionate toward us. And yet, like any, um, as he's described as a father, um, like any father, the behavior of his kids uh, bring great pain. You go, Ed, how can you say break the heart? Well, You know, the Bible says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. We can bring great grief to the heart of God through our stupid, sinful decisions, which, by the way, we all make them, all of us. There isn't anyone listening to me that's immune from that. And so a repentant life, a life of repentance, where you turn away from your sinful past, your sinful habits, and you submit yourself to God. And I I think of Paul the Apostle when he writes to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, he says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted. You won't regret godly sorrow and repentance. You simply will not regret a lifestyle of coming clean before God with the reality of your sinful decisions. And repentance is such an important concept in the life of the believer. It's the Greek word metanoia, and it means to change your mind, to change your mind from evil to good or even from good to better. Uh, You want to find place for repentance in your life. Remember in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 17, it says, For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. 
for he found no place for repentance, even though he sought it diligently with tears. So it's possible to be emotionally upset over your sin and not repent. But but it's also possible to be godly, uh, sorrowful in a godly way that leads to repentance. And it, it speaks of the mind. It is a wholesale change of mind, metanoia, repentance. And making amends, like there's nothing we can do to merit the forgiveness or the love of God. But in our minds, as we assess amends, I think that the the reality of amends would be simply what Jesus said, go and sin no more. Uh, not that we're going to be perfect, but like if it's a pattern, if it's a, a habit in your life, go and don't do it anymore. Don't sin anymore in the power of the Lord. Great question. We're going to move on to Maryland. Johnny's calling from Maryland. Welcome to the program, Johnny. Hey, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Thank you for asking. You don't well, sound okay. What's going on? Yeah, I just need a little bit of a prayer and help and guidance. Um, okay. I've been with my fiance for a while. And um, she uh, started doing her best to walk a straight line. She, um, you know, she's becoming a believer. And she uh, pretty much tell me, told me that um, it's either I uh, follow her footsteps you know, on becoming a believer, or there's no more of us. That's and, right. Um, it's kind of, and we have a little girl together. Okay. And it's kind of like tearing me apart a little. Well, you know, this is a, this is definitely a crossroads in your life, isn't it? Did you guys, so, so I take it you're not married, that, I heard that correctly. Yes, we are not married, and every time we got to the point of getting married, and there was always constant argument, you know, yeah. constant um, something that would always throw us back. And that's yes. one of the reasons why she decided to make a change in her life, which I'm really happy about, you know, and I'm proud of that. It's yes. just me. I feel like I'm not quite there, like where I, I want to, you know, um, start doing Bible studies, and then I'm afraid if I start now, I might not see it through, you know, and okay. I just don't want to disappoint her, I don't want to disappoint myself, and I surely don't want to disappoint God, you know, and I don't want to lose my family. I really don't know what to do. Well, let me ask you this. Have you, have you ever, um, have you ever repented of your, do, do you know what sin is? Have you heard the term sin before? Yes, I have. So I take um, it you I, have some some kind of religious background? Yes. My mom, um, you know, um, raised us as a Catholic. You know, I've, yes. I've, every Sunday we all used to go to church. And yes. at the age of uh, 14, I um, studied um, with the Jehovah Witness for um, like a good two years by myself. And um, I just lost sight of it ever since um, I lost my mom. And then... Um, You lost your mom, and it caused you to get mad at God? Yeah, and it's been tough. How long ago did you lose your mom? Um, it's, it's been a while. Been a while? Yeah, I'll tell um, for over 10 years. Well, I'm very sorry that um, that you've experienced such a great, great loss. You know, losing your mom is uh, is one of the most painful things that a person can endure. 
Yeah, and I'm worried. Like I'm, I'm, I, I honestly don't know what to do, you know. And I'm trying. I, I want to do what's right, you know, in the eyes of God and in what's right for my family. And I'm just afraid that um, I might not have what it, you know, what it takes to um, keep the faith alive. You know? Well, let, let's let's talk about that for a second. You know, let's talk about a few things. Um, first of all, you let me let you off the hook and tell you that you will not, you do not have what it takes to keep the faith alive. Okay. Um, so, what you're striving for or what you're afraid of is is not going to change. You know, the um, a, a very different. The Bible teaches very differently than the Roman Catholic Church does when it comes to the love of God. The love of God is not dependent upon your works or your good deeds or pleasing the priest or going through the Hail Marys. You, the love of God is not dependent upon you. Uh, and, you know, the religious system of Roman Catholicism has created so much discouragement uh, and, and so much... Uh, wandering in people's lives when they're trying to live up to a standard that they could never live up to. Um, you you are unable to live up to God's standard. It's it's impossible. It's 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 like you um, you know picking up a two ton rock. You cannot do that. It is impossible for you to do that. And and I think you feel the impossibility. Uh, as you have a fear about living up to God's standards, like you are unable to do it, and and you know you you're you're not you're just not going to be able to do it, and you say, well, Ed, man, I didn't call the radio station for such bad news. Uh, I knew I was weak, but now you've confirmed that I'm weak, and really, friend, it's it's not until we realize our need for God that we actually cry out to Him. We, you know, the good news is is that. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you, that he did what you could never do, and that's die a sinless death. Jesus Christ, the son of God, came in human flesh to die for you. Imagine that, Johnny, that God saw your hopeless existence, and he sent Jesus Christ to rescue you and to help you in life. But you'll never enjoy You'll never have a relationship with God unless you're born again. That's something you weren't taught in the Roman Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church taught you to go through all the motions and all the religious traditions so that if you followed all of them and you were a good little Catholic, then maybe you'd get to heaven. But the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved that it's not a religion that saves you, it's not a church that saves you, it's not a pastor or a priest, only Jesus Christ, the perfect sacrifice, can save your life, not only now, but also for all eternity. And if you will simply repent of your sins and submit your life to God by faith, by believing what God said in his Bible, he will save you. Are you ready to do that? Hey, Johnny, are you still on the phone? Oh, we lost him.
God, would you just be with Johnny right now? Because he can't hear on the radio. And we lost him on the phone. Would you begin to minister to his heart, God, that whatever he was able to hear would go right to the heart of the matter in his life? We pray for his salvation. We pray that he would call back, that we could finish this uh, phone conversation, Lord, and I pray for his salvation. I pray that... um, Johnny would receive the forgiveness of sin. And for anyone else listening in that comes from the same background, God, that you would draw them to yourself. Jesus' name. And if you're listening and you came from the same background, you were raised in a religion that was based on works, which then made you feel like a loser and a failure because that's all you see is your failures. Jesus Christ came to die for the sins of the world as we learned Uh, In our study in Hebrews recently, uh, this is so vital because there are those that teach that um, Jesus only died for a certain amount of people and everyone else is destined to go to hell. And that's just not true. It's just not true. I just don't understand why people, because, because a man put it into a system of religion now, people teach that. It's ridiculous. Um, here's, here's one passage. We see Jesus who was made little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. He was crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. And it was fitting for him by whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory. Not everyone experiences what Jesus died for everyone. And so salvation is not limited to a select small group of people, but it's available to everyone and experienced by some. And so today, if that's you, and you would like to place your faith in Jesus Christ, you can pray with me. You could say something like this. You could say, you can talk to God. So just stop what you're doing right now. Maybe you need to pull your your car over. Uh, perhaps you need to quiet the kids down or maybe bring them around the radio so they can experience this high and holy moment with you so that you can obey the Bible. Obviously, you are hearing me and you are sensing something in your life, You're, you have a feeling even, your emotions are being pricked, you, you are understanding things you never understood before. Why? Because God is bringing conviction upon your life. He is drawing you to himself and God is speaking to you. For, throughout the Bible, there are examples after examples of God speaking to spiritually dead people and spiritually dead people hearing God. It's awesome. God, God, you don't have to be born again first to be born again. You're only born again one time. And spiritually dead people can hear God. It's all over the Bible. And maybe that's you. And I know you might be offended to say, oh, I'm not spiritually dead. But that's what the Bible says. And so you can pray with me right now. You can ask God. You can repeat after me. Ready? God, I admit that I've sinned against you. And I'm asking you now, Please, would you forgive me of all of my sins? Not because of my good works or anything that I've done, but because of the finished work of Jesus Christ who lived for me, who died for me, and who rose again from the dead to save my soul. God, I'm asking you to help me to turn away from my sinful past. I repent of my sins. I change my mind. And I submit my life to following you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
those of you that responded. We are excited that you would have responded to the invitation. Now, call us at the church, 303-628-7200. Go to our free app, Calvary Aurora, or go to our website, calvaryaurora.org, and there's a section there that says how to know God. It's put up there just for people like you to take the next steps in following Jesus Christ. And email us and tell us what happened in your life. Or call the show. We'll have the phone lines open for the second half in just a moment. 303-690-3000. Yes, 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 yes. In Jesus' name for those that responded to the gospel. And Johnny, man, I hope you call back, bro. I know you're not going to hear this for another week, but even the other week, call me back. Today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Ed Taylor from Calvary Aurora, Colorado. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to today's program. Glad you have joined us on the second half. If you missed the first half, we were talking about um, we we're talking about salvation, being born again, um, coming out of religion. Uh, man, so good. We pray. We uh, we also prayed uh, for anyone that and gave an invitation for anyone that wanted to. Uh, accept Jesus Christ into their lives uh, because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Like it doesn't, you don't save yourself. And, you know, some people have problems with the language, accept Jesus Christ, as if it's all human-centered. It, it's not human-centered. It's so, it's so not. We just use the language that we've been given in English. But when, an, when a gift is extended, you accept gifts. And God has certainly extended gifts, of, especially the gift of salvation to us. Um, and so rather than argue about it, I just want to encourage people in Jesus. I want to see people respond. I want to see people grow. Uh, I want to see people um, uh, turn away from their sins. That's my heart. And I pray that uh, more and more you listen to the show, the more and more you will share that heart with me. Uh, we are having such a phenomenal time in the Word of God on Wednesday nights. I want to invite you out tonight uh, to our Wednesday night service where it's the closest uh, you know, as a church family in a large growing church that we have to being Acts 242. Can have a special time in the Word with Pastor Josh. Uh, we're going to have time in worship. We're going to have prayer together. Uh, it's just been a phenomenal time. I've really, I mean, I love our church. I love our church for uh, the almost the 19 years we've been, 18 and a half years we've been, uh, been a church family. But man, I, I, I have just come to appreciate the church more and more in the last five years um, and the people I get to serve with, uh, their encouragement, their faithfulness, their perseverance through the trials that they have faced. You know, I was just kind of surveying the room this morning um, because the teachers of our Christian Academy, they they have done this new, it used to be a surprise, but now it's an annual um, service that they give to the church side of the staff because we have a church side of the staff and a uh, school side of the staff in our K through eight school. And so the teachers, uh, they made breakfast for us and we all shared a breakfast this morning. It's just such a great 
what a blessing, just an act of love. And we had to say goodbye to one of the teachers as they're moving out of state and pray. We prayed for the new teachers that will be coming on board and, and just sat together. And I mean, some of our pastors are on vacation and stuff, so everybody wasn't there. But, you know, we're surrounded with a good group of people, not a perfect group, uh, including me. Uh, none of us are perfect sitting in that room. But as I just surveyed the room this morning, I remembered, even as as our teacher that's that's heading out, as she was sharing um, just some of the things that were going on in her life uh, with her kids over the years, with her cancer diagnosis and victory um, and other things, you know, that, that we don't know anything about that, that she didn't share with us, that she went through um, with between her and the Lord in her own walk. But then she did share a lot with us over the years, been with us nine years. And uh, I do remember when I met her and her husband for the first time, um, that was uh, that was really, really cool. And... Um, that was just something that, um, as I was thinking through, just how the Lord is doing a great work among us, uh, and what a privilege to be a part of uh, God's ministry at Calvary Aurora. So come on out tonight, seven o'clock. Uh, we're at Hampton and Tower, basically. There's a Safeway there, and we're one block east, but you can see us from the corner there. Uh, and uh, one block east on Hampton Tower in Hampton, uh, seven o'clock. Doors open at six. And we have a cafe. Uh, the bookstores, you know, we're, we're, we need to start our remodeling project. We're going to remodel our whole downstairs to develop more fellowship. Our building's so small that, you know, we got to make room. Um, and so we are no longer have a large bookstore. We're going to remodel and use that space and repurpose it for fellowship uh, and time together. Uh, and so um, give me a call, 303-690-690. 3000 go to calvaryaurora.org uh, be one of the thousands of people that have downloaded our free app so uh, go to your app store and download calvary aurora and you can stay in touch with us that way all right we're going to move on to let's see here i'm pretty sure it's going to be lane on line one in denver colorado lane welcome to the program thanks for taking my call you're welcome Hey, I had a question. Uh, I've never, I've never actually called into a radio, so this is kind of cool. Um, but thank yeah, you. what's up? Um, the question I had is, without getting too wordy, but just to give you a little backstory, um, I've always, I went to college and I started out um, at a at a school that I had anticipated going in and getting some sort of a history of religion degree because I'd always felt like something that I would like to do. Um, is serve the church in some form or fashion. Um, throughout the course of college, you know, everyone said you can't make any money at it. Um, there's no money, there's no money. And so I, I kind of had a freak-out moment. We ended up going into business, went on, got my master's. Um, it's always been in the back of my head that I, I just, re- you know, regret. And then I've always felt like I need to do more in the church, Um I like that's a passion of mine. I enjoy it. So I've done small groups. My wife, you know, told me, hey, get more involved in small group, try to teach small group, do things like that to kind of help satiate your, you know, your hunger. But I guess my question is, how do you know if you're doing what God wants you to do? Because I've always been successful with my job, um, but I just don't feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. You know, I think I think that the principle that is important to grasp in the Bible is something called the priesthood of all believers. Have you ever heard that phrase before? I have not. 
And the idea behind that is that we all have an equal role in the body of Christ, no matter what we end up doing in the body of Christ. Because, again, from uh, organized religion, uh, primarily the influence of Roman Catholicism, there's been a, a significant separation between what is known as the clergy and the laity. Have you heard those terms before? And and it and so what that means is is and what it's led to is that people think that let's say uh, in our church the people think that the pastor is more important than the person sitting in the chair, uh, but in reality, God can and will use us both to our capacity of wherever He places us, and so that the best calling or the best place for you in life is where God has you in the moment. And so I could say very confidently that your role in the business world and the influence that you have in other people's lives right now is exactly where God wants you. And you're to take full responsibility for this role using your education and all the things that you've done, using your money for the kingdom, using your relationships for the kingdom of God. I want you to I want you to consider this. Uh, it sounds like uh, you probably have access to what do you have access to tens, twenties, hundreds, thousands of people? Who do you have? What number do you have access to in your current position? Uh, probably hundreds. Okay, so let's consider the hundreds of people you have access to, both as a businessman, but also as a believing Christian businessman. I don't have access to those hundreds of people. I don't have the kind of access that you do. Uh, I don't know them. I can't walk into their office. I can't really walk the, you know, I can't walk into the building. Um, they're not going to come to me for help. They're not going to receive emails from me. Like, I don't have access to them, but, and yet I'm a pastor. So you have access to them. You're the man of God there. You have access to people that I'll never necessarily have access to. And so really it becomes a matter of our purpose in life, as we, as as my pastor used to say, Pastor Chuck Smith, he said, it doesn't matter who signs your paycheck. We are all in the ministry. So whether Calvary Chapel signs my paycheck, or I also worked in the corporate world for many years, and it, you know I work for AMR. So if AMR signs my paycheck, it doesn't matter. I'm a minister of the gospel, no matter where I am and no matter what I do. That's number one. Are you with me so far? Yeah, that's great. So now to, to harness your effectiveness, just like you do in business, um, can you share what you do in business? Um, I'm in distribution. Uh, I okay, so you're in distribution. Yeah. Okay. okay, so you didn't take your degree and you become a fisherman, right? Right. Right, because you, that's not where you would be effective. You, I don't know how good of a fisherman you are, but co- commercial fisherman is probably not what you were called to do. So you used your education, the way you think, uh, your ability to administrate and take complex things and simplify them and run a distribution deal, deal and get things out on time to the right place and all that. You, you honed in on what you could be successful at based on your skills, talents, abilities, uh, and education, right? Is that safe to say? Right. Same principle as in the church. Number one, you need to know what your spiritual gift is. And I, do you know what your spiritual gift is? I've always felt in, in pastors, uh, my previous pastor, um, actually he's out of state, said communication was one of my strengths. 
Okay, so the Bible gives us seven primary spiritual gifts in the book of Romans, chapter 12. And one of them is teaching, so that could be a gift. But I would encourage you to go to our website or get the free app for your phone and listen to the series of Bible studies I did on spiritual gifts. Okay. And and I, I know this is a bold statement, but I have done this many times uh, with our church, and also I did it at a Bible college class, and I, I, I'm going to be very bold here, and I'm going to tell you, if you listen to the just the studies in Romans on the seven spiritual gifts, I almost guarantee you 99% that you will know what your spiritual gift is by the time you finish those studies. Okay. You will have super confidence where you're, you might even hear yourself in one or two or three of the gifts, but one will be primary in your life. And then once you know your spiritual gift, then you begin to look for opportunities to use it. Just like in business, you don't take your degree degree and try to become a commercial fisherman. That's what you, what you weren't trained to be. Um, and same way in the church. You want to take your spiritual gift and you find those places within the church because serving in the church is very important. I want to say this for you and everyone else listening. Serving in the local church is vital and important, not only because God desires, desires us to serve one another and to love one another within the body, but it's good practice for all the hours you spend in the world. It's good practice to test love on believers, to test teaching on believers, to test uh, explaining the truth to, to other people in a controlled environment like the church that Jesus created. Because when you get to the workplace, you've got to be very creative on how you express the gospel, how you develop relationships, and how you use the gift of teaching. You know, I, I have the gift of teaching. It's not my primary gift, but I have it. And one of the things I did, one of the things I ended up doing when I was in the corporate world is I traveled around the country uh, as uh, an extension of our HR department, training people um, just in business stuff, you know, training them. And <laughs> I remember one class, somebody got in trouble, and I had to, uh, right before I uh, moved to Colorado, I had to travel around and teach uh, all the managers how to be nice. That was one of the classes. <laughs> how to be nice because somebody messed up, and now we had to go through this new training. And it literally was teaching people how to be kind and nice. Imagine that. Does the Bible have anything to say about being kind and nice? It does. And so I could I could communicate the truths of God's word, build relationships and connect with people in the classes where I was working and I was doing my job being 100% faithful, but remember, God put us in this world to connect with other people. So it doesn't matter what we're doing, whether we're shopping, working, uh, mowing the lawn, looking over the fence uh, at our neighbor. God has created us in this world to connect with other people for the purposes of preaching, and I don't mean from the pulpit, but preaching the gospel into their lives, both by experience, and, I mean by, ex by example and by word, to fulfill his will. And, and so you being in the business world right now is God's will for your life. It is his calling upon your life. It doesn't mean that'll always be your calling necessarily. It might be, but it's a good calling. It's a valid calling, and that is an important place. And it's vital for us to realize and, and harness no matter where we are and no matter what we do, God has called us to glorify him and bring him pleasure. And you haven't missed the boat, my friend. You're right where God wants you. 
great. Did you ever feel like it would it was welling up? I don't mean to take all the time, but did did, okay. did you ever feel like there was just it was overflowing? Like people were almost think you're kind of off because it's just you always tried to steer the conversation not toward your weird, but yes, that's what absolutely is always overflowing. I guess. Yeah, people didn't, you know, some people liked me because they were believers and we could pray together and be encouraged together at work. And then other people hated my guts because I was a pastor and I was not ashamed of it. I uh, I had a Bible with me. I, I shared the truth with people. Um, you know, I was, I was, my answers were spiritual in nature, biblical in nature. You know, I, I didn't go around... Uh, from office to office or cubicle to cubicle, thus saith the Lord in John three six. I, I, you know, I didn't have. I wasn't like that. There was a Bible on my desk. I would do devos there. I would do devos in the break room. I, I just lived my Christian life in the atmosphere of the corporate world, and loved on my staff and took care of them and encouraged them and um, prayed with them and helped them if I could financially. I would, I would just be a good believer there. And and you know, good believers. Sometimes they're well-liked, and sometimes they're crucified. You know, ask Jesus. He was, his perfect life was rewarded with, with the beating and torturous crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And, and so you are called where you are right now. And if God is going to lead you out, great. But you can do both. You can serve in the corporate world, and you can serve in your church and have a very fulfilling life. That's great. I really appreciate you taking my call. Well, I'm glad you called. It's a great question. We don't get it very often, and you know, not everybody. Everybody still kind of lives with this separation. You're the pastor, so you do pastor stuff, and I'm just the guy back here, and I I give to the church, and I don't do pastor stuff. But the Bible says we're all pastors in that sense. We're all the priesthood of believers, and we all have a place in this world to be salt and light, and and that that's something that was taught to me from a very as a new believer like that's that's what the bible teaches us well thank you very much you're welcome thanks for calling brother let us know call us back in a few months and let us know how it's going will do thank you you're welcome bye bye 303-690-3000 Wes in Berthoud Colorado's been waiting patiently Wes welcome to the program Ah, thank you. I just have a really quick question. I don't want to take up a lot of time. But if, okay. if I were to give another argument with my my supervisor, and I told him I thought that he should just quit. He should just resign. He's just terrible. Um, if I <laughs> if I did that, would that be considered as a sin? Like ninety percent of the people listening right now have felt that at one time or another. <laughs> it could be. Wes, it could be a sin. You know, you could be disrespectful. You could be harsh. You could be insensitive. Um, You know, I would, if you really believe that's something you need to communicate to them, I would do it in a soft approach. I would try to do it tactfully. Um, You know, I would, I would, I, I would want to somehow communicate to it, to my boss that they aren't helping me uh, do my job. Uh, They're, they're not fulfilling their role in helping me become a better productive employee, you know, there, and I might even say, how can I help you be, become a better boss? You know, I, I know that what you're describing is like the end of an argument and the, and it's very difficult for you right now, 
but but I would want to I, I personally would want to take a softer approach because isn't the goal the goal isn't for him to resign, is it? The goal is for him to be better. Mm-hmm. And God God has put you into his life perhaps to show him and to help him see the deficiencies in his leadership. Um, and and I know it's frustrating you, and I know it's hard to think this way, but but man, if God's put you in his life to shine the light of the gospel, and he's not the best boss you've ever had, you know, that say, why don't you just quit isn't going to be the most effective way to accomplish uh, what you really want to accomplish, and that's to help him be a better boss. Yeah. Well, I just, I just wanted to, to find perspective. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. And and I've thought about, and I've even tried looking up in the the Bible, but I've not found any place where it says that that would be a sin. So I just wanted to ask you. Well, let let me, here's a passage. um, uh, Let me see if I can find it here. Um, Here's a passage that comes to mind, okay? Uh, It's in first, it's in second Timothy chapter two, verse 24. Are you ready? And let me, don't, yep. don't say anything. I'm going to ask you a question at the end, okay? Just okay. listen to it. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth, that they might come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to do his will. In your mind, when you ask the question, when you when you first talked to the screener, Wes, and now you're on the air with me, did you ask the question in the light of you being gentle and patient and the characteristics here, able to teach humility with humility, trying to correct him and help him? Be honest, yes no. or no? Did you? <laughs> and so, I didn't think so because I've had these same issues. I, I've worked for some very difficult bosses in my day, and when I get frustrated, I'm at the end of my rope. You know, this is um, this this is where I think it could be sinful if you just pop off at him and tell him what a horrible boss he is. I just don't know how productive that will be, both for the company and for the Lord. Okay. And he probably will fire you on the spot, and you don't want that either. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Can I pray for you? Because I know it's a real frustration. And uh, can I pray for you before you hang up? Sure. Father, I pray for my brother Wes and uh, just about many, many, I don't think everyone, but many people listening in that have had hard bosses and difficult bosses. And even in my own leadership, Lord, I've made mistakes that have frustrated people and uh, made them upset. And... And I just pray, God, that you'd be with my brother, that I pray into his life that he would be that servant of the Lord, that would not quarrel, not argue, but learn to walk in your gentleness, learn to take this time with this boss to help him, to pray for him, to encourage him, to be patient. Lord, I pray that you would put humility in his life, that that you would help him with this difficulty. And, And it's true for anyone listening in, God, that they just need a special anointing of your Holy Spirit to establish and strengthen them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, couldn't it be that the phone lines could light up with boss difficulties? The answer is yes. 
So hard. All right, we've got a call from uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Mary, welcome to the program. Hey, Mary, you're on the air. All right, we lost Mary, but Chelsea's back on the air from Denver, Colorado. Chelsea, welcome to the program. Okay, yeah, because uh, you were the same person I talked to earlier, right? I uh, don't think you were and on I the air, I was, no. Yeah, I went to Texas, and I'm going, I, uh, I'm, in, I'm in uh, Denver. No, I haven't talked to you today. Nope. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. That's okay. What can I do for you? Um, no, I called earlier. Um, so, yeah, basically, um, so I went to a rehabilitation center in uh, okay. Laguna Beach, uh, Florida, or Florida, not Florida, California. <laughs> Um, yes. and, uh, yeah, I just, I just had to leave, um, just because of financial things and whatnot. Um, but I have family here in, in Denver, so it's kind of like in between, if you go here, then you can go to Texas, you know? So I did that. So I'm here in Denver now and okay. I came out to my rental and, I turned on my car, and then this is, like, the first thing I heard is just... Oh, right on. People talking about, like, alcoholism, and I was like, oh, my, yes. oh my goodness, like, wow, like, yeah. So... Well, we, don't, um, he, we only have a few minutes left. How can I pray for you? I'm sorry? I, I said we only have a few minutes left uh, before we have to move on, because uh, okay. the show's going to be over, so how can I pray for you? Yeah. Um, I, ju- I just want to, I want to be able to get through this, like, on my own, you know, I, I, I don't feel like they're not helping me, like, I, I think I can get through this on my own as long as, you know, I can be stronger. Are you, are you born again? Do you have a relationship with uh, God through His Son, Jesus Christ? Um, I do, and I did, and I just lost that. You lost it. maybe a year ago, and... It just escalated, and I've been searching and searching and searching. Um, I went to like three rehab centers, and yes, I mean they they just don't don't help you. Like I I need something deeper, you know. Well, we have a we have a group that meets here. Um, our church mm-hmm. is in Aurora. I don't know how what side of Denver mm-hmm. you're on, but our church is in Aurora here, and we but have a group have, that meets. Are you just you're it's just w- local, right? Yeah, right now we don't have a live-in program, but we have a group of people that can help keep you accountable. Okay, because can that's help what you... I'm calling for, because I, I don't live here. I live in Dallas. Are you calling from Dallas right now, or are you just passing through? No, 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 I'm here. I'm here in Denver. Yeah, I have okay. family here. I'm, I was just visiting. But okay. when I, like I said, when I came out, that's the first thing I heard. And I just, Where are you I going back? Like when are you going back to Dallas? Sign. Yeah, it is, it is a sign. It, it, it absolutely is a sign. You are 100% yeah, correct. Just, this is like, not an accident. Well, like the first thing that I heard, it was like speaking to me. And I was like, wow. And that so, was, yeah. Okay, so here's the deal, Chelsea. Let me take the last minute so I can mm-hmm. give you some instructions. Do you have a pen? Mm-hmm. Do you have something oh, you can write down? Do you have something oh, wait, you can I write down? He's calling me from Colorado. Should I answer? No, because I, I want to finish earlier. this on the show. No, tell him. I'm sorry? Just... Just call him back after the show, okay? I want you to write this phone number down. Who it is though? <laughs> well, we, you'll have the number. You can always call him back because it'll be a missed call. Um, 
Do you do you want help? Do you do you want help, Chelsea? Sorry, I'm trying to turn my Bluetooth off. That's okay. Can you help? Okay, write this number down. Um, hold on. Shoot. All right, we're coming like really close. The music's going to start and it's going to cut us off. Oh no! So okay, um, okay here's what. Hey, no, no, I got, on. I got a better I idea. In here. Okay, no, uh, Chelsea, I got a better idea. Chelsea, listen, listen. Okay, I'm gonna have the go guy ahead. in the studio. I'm gonna have the guy uh-huh. put you on hold, and okay. he's gonna give you the information off the air. Okay, that way mm-hmm. I can finish the show, and he's gonna give mm-hmm. you a phone number to call. We're gonna connect mm-hmm. you with a church in Dallas. When you go back, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we're perfect. gonna find a church for you and connect you with them. Yeah. And how long are you gonna okay. be in Denver? I'm sorry? How long will you be in Denver? Um, I'm leaving on Friday. So I'll be okay, back so Friday, though. It's, it's not that long. It's like an hour flight. Okay. All right. So yeah. I'm going to put you on hold, and uh, they're going to okay. give you the number to the church, and okay. uh, we'll get you a number to a church in Dallas, okay? Perfect. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Hey, thanks, everyone, for being uh, part of the show today. Pray for those that receive the Lord. Pray for our new friend, Chelsea. Uh, She heads back to Dallas, and God's doing a new work. It was a sign from the Lord. God does love Chelsea, and he uses our sobriety and our commitment to encourage others. May the Lord be glorified in our lives. Pray for me. Pray for me tonight, would you please? The Lord knows what the situation is. Just pray for me. Thanks. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. Go to church tonight, Calvary Aurora, Hampton, and Tower, 7 o'clock. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.